everybody. Welcome to the export. I'm Raven X, and alongside me, as always, is Biggie, aka Ethan Tate, aka somebody who I gotta know. Is there a parade inside your city? Of course. I miss. You wanna know what's funny? Because I literally been saying it to everybody that I know. I mean, like, it's a fun time to be a Grizzlies fan. I can only imagine. Yeah, like what was it? It was. I want to say it was Sunday. I had just got home. I had been like, I been, I basically was gone all day from like seven to five, and I got home at five. And Aiden, my wife was on the couch, eight, and I just yelled out, "It's a parade inside my city!" Because I just was happy to be home finally. So yeah, what? it's definitely a parade inside my city. Well, I think it's safe to say there's quite a few cities that are not enjoying a parade, such as Baltimore. Dealing with the Lamar Jackson drama, which, of course, we are going to get into. Also, we are going to look at the landscape of the NBA and kind of talk about the recent struggles of the Dallas Mavericks and if it's maybe time for them to blow it all up. And then it's WrestleMania week, baby. So coming at the end, it's me and a very special guest giving our WrestleMania 39 predictions. But before we get to any of that, please sure to check out the xreport.net. I repeat the xreport.net for exclusive sports content written by yours truly and, pre and fellow export writers. Previous episodes of our lovely podcast and our YouTube channel entitled The X Report. For my football fans, per usual, please be sure to head over to the export. Check out that uh, post-free agency mock draft. Be uh, post free agency mock draft i know quite a lot has happened since i dropped it last week but still be sure to give it a look let me know your thoughts and let's go ahead and get into the crux of the show last week it was reported that the dallas cowboys were releasing seven-year veteran ezekiel elliott and now the teams are wondering where he is going to end up reportedly ezekiel elliott has told uh insiders that his top three wish list are the new york jets the Cincinnati Bengals, and the Philadelphia Eagles. As of right now, the Bengals have not expressed publicly that they were interested. In fact, Zach Taylor was asked about it shortly after the list came out, and he said it was the first he'd heard of it. The New York Jets, more specifically head coach Robert Sala, said that the team supports their current crop of running back, but the Philadelphia Eagles have never confirmed nor denied their interest in Zeke. In fact, there have been qu quite a couple of players like Darius Slay, for example, who kind of recruited Zeke on Twitter saying, I know you want to run behind the best old line. So of between the three teams, which one would you say is the best fit between Philly, Cincy, and New York? Um, I'm honestly going to say Philly. Um, I know that their own line has taken some hits, but they'll still have a good unit. But I also think just given the fact that I don't – I feel like this. I don't expect Philly to use Zeke in, like, a major role. I know that they lost Miles Sanders, but they still have Boston Scott. They still have Kenny Gainwell. I think he'll be putting a role very similar to what he where he kind of came from, except for I don't think he'll start in Philly. I could say the same for Cincy, but I also know that there's a potential possibility that Cincy might let Joe Mixon go. And then if you let Joe Mixon go and you bring in Zeke, then it's essentially you're putting him in a starting role and he might take a pounding. So in the, as far as the Jets, um, until we know the um, the full medical update on Brees Hall, it could be a similar situation for the beginning half of the season. So, um, yeah, I would say Philly. 
Yeah, of the three, I would also say Philly. Like you mentioned, they still have a pretty strong offensive line. You get to stay in the division where you get to face the Cowboys twice a season, where you can make them pay for getting rid of you. And then, I mean, I think of the three, of course, this is under the mindset that, let's say, uh, Joe Mason does not end up getting cut and or traded. Um, I do think that this would give him the best chance to see the most touches. Um, But like you said, I think it would just be another similar situation uh, as to what he was doing in Dallas, kind of splitting those carries with uh, Tony Pollard, especially because reportedly Philly loves Kenny Gainwell and they see a lot of potential in him. So I think he's going to have a bigger role um, coming out this upcoming season. But I agree, between the three, I think Philly would be the best fit. But I wouldn't be shocked if either the Bengals or Jets added at running back. I don't think they're necessarily done at the position. It just might not be Zeke. But all right, let's go ahead and continue on with that conversation. The Jets have been one of the most talked about teams in the NFL, mainly because of all the saga revolving around Aaron Rodgers. And CJ2K, a.k.a. star running back for the Tennessee Titans, said, if A-Rod goes over there, meaning New York, I feel like if Zeke comes over and it's a nice role player, that would automatically make the Jets a Super Bowl contender. When I first saw this, I sent it to you saying that it was cap because, I mean, it absolutely is. But what do you think? Do you think that the Jets become Super Bowl contenders if they do bring in Zeke? No. I think, again, I think we talked about this several times. It's hard to say that the Jets would be a Super Bowl contender because the Jets won't even be the best team in their division. Right. Like, I think the team that if they were to add Zeke would be a Super Bowl contender is the Buffalo Bills that are also in their division because, quite frankly, Buffalo is already a Super Bowl contender. They just haven't got over the hump and actually made the Super Bowl yet. Um, I think adding A-Rod and Zeke would be good, but I don't see that being like, I don't think that'll be enough to take over, um, get them over the hump of Buffalo. No, I wholeheartedly agree. Because, I mean, I still don't even think Zeke would be the best running back on that team. Like, I get it, he has longevity, but Brees Hall, when he was playing, looked like he was going to run away with Offensive Rookie of the Year. And like you said, the medical is a big thing. I'm hoping he'll be able to play by week one just because I think that he provides a really big boost to that offensive backfield regardless of who the quarterback is. But I just don't think Zeke is going to be the thing that kind of puts them over the top. But I get it. Everybody's really feeling the Jets right now, and they're so hyped up on them. But me, I'm not I'm not totally buying it. Uh, speaking of things I'm not buying, and you and I have kind of talked about this before, the latest installment of the Lamar Jackson saga, but it's been this. I would probably say this is the most complicated quarterback slash team negotiation period I have ever seen. And we've seen quarterbacks get franchise tagged and the things work out or they're trying teams are trying to figure out the right contract negotiations and it may take time and it gets done or it doesn't. But the Baltimore and Lamar thing seems to just have been drawn out with this latest uh, news probably being the nail in the coffin for both sides. Yesterday morning, Lamar Jackson tweeted out a letter to my fans. I want to first thank you all for the love and support you consistently show towards me. All of you are amazing, and I appreciate y'all so much. I want y'all to not to believe everything you read about me. Let me personally answer your questions. In regards to my future plans, as of March 2nd, I requested a trade from the Ravens organization, for which the Ravens have not been interested in meeting my value 
you. Any and everyone that's met me or been around me know I love the game of football, and my dream is to help a team win the Super Bowl. You all are great, but I had to make a business decision that was best for my family, and I, no matter how far I go or where my career takes me, I'll continue to be close to my fans of Baltimore Flock Nation and the entire state of Maryland. You'll see me again. So what were your thoughts when you initially heard this news? Basically, he said he's ready to go. Yeah, pretty much. Um, how I look at it is, I, look, I view this standpoint in my real life, but if you don't want to be here, I'm not going to keep you here. And like I've said before, if after two years y'all have not been able to work out a contract, something had to come to a head. Sure, you put the non-exclusive franchise tag on him, and that was a short-term option, but at the end of the day, they put this tag on him five days after he reportedly had requested the trade. If I'm Baltimore, I know uh, John Harbaugh at the owner's meeting, He they asked him about it. He said that he expects Lamar Jackson to be their week one starter. Who knows? I mean, of course he has to say that. But at this point, I'm just like, I think it's time for both sides to cut the cord. Like, don't get me wrong, Lamar was great in Baltimore, and I wish him the best wherever he goes. But if you're Baltimore, you don't want to pay him what he thinks he's worth. And if you're Lamar, you feel like Baltimore isn't going to give you what you feel like you're worth. Cut the court, go ahead and trade him away, and move on. Start over. Because at this point, it's no point of dragging this all out. Yeah, I mean, because it's looking like no signs are showing that it's gonna, the relationship is going to be mended. So if that's the case... Just go ahead, bite the bullet, send them somewhere. Make sure you hopefully send them to an NFC team and just hopefully you either are able to get a high draft pick to where you can draft a decent replacement or you get a good bridge quarterback for like this upcoming season or two. Um, or in the case like you stated off air, maybe make it sense the 49ers are sold on Brock Purdy being a starter. Maybe making a deal with San Fran to where you can get Trey Lance and another deal um, after you trade Lamar. Yeah. I mean, it's just because perfect world, if we're going with the player who's in the league, I would want Trey Lance. He has a similar skill set to Lamar. Of course, he's not Lamar. But I feel like our offense wouldn't go through a complete overhaul with him under center. And it's a cheap option. If it don't work out, it don't work out. We move on. If it does, awesome, great. We have our quarterback of the future. But if we're talking rookies, I would love Hendon Hooker, a quarterback out of Tennessee. I understand he's coming off a torn ACL and that he's going to be 25, I believe, But by the time the season starts. But even still, I think that considering where we're going to be drafting, because unless we do get in that top five, we're not going to get one of these top four quarterbacks. And honestly, I would prefer Hendon Hooker to a guy like Will Levis or Anthony Richardson just because he was a lot more consistent on the college level. Unfortunately, he hasn't been able to work out in uh, post uh, season workouts, but even still, I like what he brings to the table more at the start of his career as opposed to those guys. But all right, so let's move on from the Baltimore standpoint. Who do you think are the top three teams that would be the best fits for Lamar if he were to be traded? Um, the Atlanta Falcons. Um, I think timeline-wise, depending on what they're able to give up, I would say the Jets, honestly, and Tennessee. Yeah, we are. 
I got two of the same teams. I agree about the Jets and I agree about the Falcons. It'll be interesting to see what the Falcons end up doing with regards to quarterback. But I also said the Detroit Lions. I think that they're a team that Jared Goff has been pretty good for them, especially this past season. And so this isn't necessarily a knock against him. It really just comes down to if you can make your team better, make your team better. And I think this could be the move that could get them over the top. Right now, we're kind of talking about them as a fringe NFC North contender, possibly wild card team. I think you get Lamar, it makes you favorites in that division, especially because the I mean, the Vikings have made some moves, maybe not as many as teams like the Bears have. And then, the, you know, the uh, Packers are still going to be competitive. So if you're the B Detroit Lions, you've already had a really good offseason. You bring in a player like Lamar, that could really help turn the tide of your organization so in your opinion do you think that the Jets because reportedly they're all in on Aaron Rodgers they're not even entertaining Lamar Jackson or any other quarterback do you think the Jets are making the right decision bypassing Lamar to get Aaron Rodgers uh honestly no because I think if you go after Aaron Rodgers you might get him for a year or two but if you go after Lamar Jackson you could potentially ask to have your franchise quarterback of the future um, because Lamar is what, 26, 27? Uh, Might be. 26. Yeah. So you have a guy that you could potentially, even though we know the scares around his style of play, but you can have a guy that you can at least know that you might have for at least five to six more years versus Aaron Rodgers, who you might only have for a year or two, and you might not win the Super Bowl, and you just leverage your whole team around. So I think it would be smarter to go after Lamar. Yeah, I totally agree. All right, let's go ahead and ask a fun question before we move on to our game of believable or buffoonery. Speaking of games, Man 24 is going to be coming out within the next few months. And after last year's release, reportedly EA Sports is really pushing, putting a lot of pressure on Madden 24, expecting it to help be the game, or they're going to have to make some serious decisions about the franchise. Personally, I don't think they're going to stop making Madden just because, I mean, it makes, it makes way too much money. But big changes could possibly be on the way. And one of everyone's five favorite changes is finding out who is going to be the Madden 24 cover athlete. So in your opinion, who should grace the Man 24 cover? Um, if we're talking none, like Madden curse aside, I would say Justin Jefferson. I f yeah, you and I are actually in the same boat because I'm I'm iffy on the Madden curse because for the last few years it really hasn't happened. Knock on wood. Um, so if the Madden curse is dead and gone, of course I'm going Jay Jettis. But if it is real. I would say Jalen Hurts, not because I want anything bad to happen to Jalen Hurts, but I feel like I can't say Patrick Mahomes because he's already been on the cover fairly recently. And I think that Jalen Hurts last year really reintroduced himself on the wider level as being one of the top five quarterbacks in the in the league. And I think safe to say best quarterback in the NFC North. So it will be dope to see him get some flack, especially because, again, he had a terrific Super Bowl performance where I think it's safe to say that nobody can put that loss on him. I know it's a team sport, but nobody can act like Jalen Hurts went out there and lost in that game. So either of those two I think would be a good option. But, of course, I want Jay Jettis. But all right, let's go ahead and play our game of believable or buffoonery. You mentioned this a bit earlier with the 49ers and 
announcing that if the season were to start right now, their starting quarterback would be uh, Brock Purdy, John Lynch said at the owners' meeting. I think Brock has earned the right with the way he played, and that's probably the leader of the clubhouse at that. If we were to line up, he'd probably take the first snap. While we all know that Brock Purdy is coming off that UCL injury, which has a lengthy recovery time, Trey Lance is still waiting to the, in the wings, and they did sign Sam Donald this past year. Um, believable or buffoonery, the 49ers are right to go into the season with Brock Pur- Purdy as their undisputed QB1. I think they are. I think um, Brock Purdy showed a lot of um, a lot of promise. I think he showed more promise than Trey Lance did from the aspect of like being productive um, on the field. I think also it's just one of those things that you can see that the guys um, around him, like they were galvanized by him. Like I remember before he got hurt in the um, playoffs, it was like a play that he made and like Trent Williams came up and like, Gave him like the headbutt of like, oh yeah, there's my you that guy, mm-hmm. you know the, the football headbutt yeah, you yeah. give, like make a good play, and I'm like, and you see, and you can see as the see as his time progressed, like he was able to like give that team an energy boost, and I think, um, and he'll just be a guy that always had a chip on his shoulder, like, unlike the Trey Lance that the 49ers made a moves. To get up to get Brock Purdy was Brock Purdy was legit the last pick in the NFL draft, and like that's a chip that he'll never have that's taken off his shoulders, and you could potentially see that being the thing that could carry him to, I wouldn't say full on greatness, but you could see it carrying him to a very successful career. Um, especially when you got a team like San Fran that's kind of already equipped, and you really don't need to do much as a starting quarterback to be successful. Yeah, I also think it's believable. I mean, I feel like, not to say Kyle Shanahan's offense is quarterback-proof, but we've seen a lot of players have success in it. I don't think anyone has had as much instantaneous success in it as Brock Purdy. He's a guy, like you said, that the team has really begun to rally around. And I mean, had he not gotten hurt, I think that the NFC Championship would have been a very Not a different game, because I think the Eagles still would have won, but it would have been much more competitive. Um, So I'm excited to see what Brock Purdy can do on year two. So I'm in agreement with you. But all right, so uh, it was announced just a few days ago that Bobby Wagner, future Hall of Fame linebacker, is returning to Seattle to on a one-year, $7 million deal, a year a move that you and I have both predicted. Now looking at their other offseason moves, such as signing Draymond Jones, star defensive lineman, one of the biggest names on the free agent market, already having Tariq Woolen, rookie corner in tow, bringing back Bobby Wagner. You have Quandre Diggs, um, other safety, Jamal Adams, my boy, is supposed to be coming back healthy. In addition, they also signed Julian Love, Right now, I think it's safe to say that the Seahawks have added some pretty nice pieces over the past few months and have a nice defense overall. Believable or buffoonery, with the re-signing of Bobby Wagner, the Seahawks will have a top 10 defense in the NFL next season. Mm, I want to say, I don't think that it'll be top 10, but I think it'll be like right outside, maybe 12 or 11. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you. I think that they could stand to add another corner. Um, and then I think if they – it depends also what depend they do on the, in the draft. But I could see that, like, 9 to 13 range 
defensively be in a sweet spot. And I mean, considering how bad the Seahawks defense has been collectively since the Legion of Boom, that would be a major win for the team. All right, keeping things in the NFC, the Minnesota Vikings had an interesting update with regards to the contract situation of Kirk Cousins. Reportedly, Kirk Cousins offered to take a discount on an extension while the Vikings this offseason front office decided to decline that option. Cousins camp reportedly wanted 2024 and 2025 to be guaranteed, but the team is interested in keeping their options open and exploring other possibilities via the upcoming drafts, trades, or free agency. So as it stands right now, this is Kirk Cousins' final year under contract with the Minnesota Vikings. So believable or buffoonery. This is the final season Minneapolis will be under the era of Kirk Cousins? I think it's believable. I think that they they seen their height and their pinnacle and they know that they won't get past it with Kirk Cousins as their quarterback, especially when you have like the other talent on offense, like a Jay Jettas, like a Dalvin Cook. Um, so I think that they're like, hey, if we can try to get another quarterback in here, we might be able to make a run with what we have in place, but Kirk Cousins isn't that guy. Yeah, I will also say believable. So to play devil's advocate, what what do you think is more likely them trading, for example, I'm going to give you three options. Them trading Kirk Cousins and drafting a quarterback, going after Lamar, or just drafting a quarterback outright this year? Um, I probably would say trading and then drafting, because if you go after Lamar, you might have to give up some of the pieces that would make Lamar successful when he, once he gets there. Um, if he drafts, just straight up drafts, your record might be good, might be might not be bad enough to where you can actually get a quarterback that's going to be successful. So I think if you were to like potentially trade him to a, a quarterback needy team. They might be willing to take them. You might be able to get a decent draft, um, decent draft capital for them, and then go from there. I think in this present moment, I think I'm just leaning towards some drafting someone this year. I don't have the draft order in front of me, but I think they're picking 23rd overall. Don't quote me. Um, but I think that's an opportunity to get a guy like a Hinton Hooker or if they maybe want to trade up in the case that, like, let's say Will Levis was to fall, go through a slight fall. They could trade up to get him. Um, maybe a guy like Aiden O'Connell coming out of Purdue or Tanner McGee out of Stanford. There is some options, but I think if they want to really get into the crux of the quarterback group, they're going to have to trade up. But I think before it's all said and done, I could see Minnesota I'm sorry, drafting a quarterback. All right. Let's go ahead and go back to Lamar for a second. While, as we all know, once the non-exclusive tag was put down, um, teams immediately expressed that they were not interested in Lamar and they would not be going after him. And then fast forward to what happened yesterday with him announcing that he had requested a trade. Though it seems that him and Baltimore are still working on talking about contracts most recently as of last week. Um, more teams are still saying that they're not exactly interested. Whereas you have a team like the Colts who have said that they're looking at every avenue. The Washington Commanders came out and said that they weren't interested. Uh, Ron Rivera mentioned that while he knows that Lamar is talented, 
He said outright they don't think that's the route that they're going to go on, which has a lot of people perplexed considering the commander's quarterback situations as of the last several years. Mina Kimes of ESPN said, you throw Lamar Jackson into the mix on that team, that is suddenly a Super Bowl caliber roster or at least a contender. So believable or buffoonery, the commanders will be a Super Bowl contender with Lamar Jackson at quarterback. Their O line is kind of bad. I think they, I wouldn't say Super Bowl contender, but I definitely can see them making a deep playoff run if they were to add him. Um, just because they still would have a, probably a really decent defense, um, depending on what they give up as far as like player wise, you can still have some good receivers. You could have some decent running backs. So I think they can make like, Maybe um, second round of the playoffs, but I wouldn't go on full on say Super Bowl contender. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna call the foolery on that because I still don't think with Lamar you have the best team in the division. I still think it's the Eagles, and while like you said their offensive line isn't great, they do have a good receiving core, but you don't know what pieces may have to be moved defensively. I mean, everybody talks about their defensive line and rightfully so. It's really good when they're healthy. But linebacker has been a point of concern, and then they've really kind of struggled kind of ushering in a number two corner. But on the whole, I think they're for sure a playoff team, hands down, especially with the NFC being a bit weaker. But in terms of a Super Bowl contender, the only team in that division right now I would put in that class is the uh, Philadelphia Eagles with maybe Dallas having the potential to do so, depending on what they do for the rest of the offseason. Adding Lamar, I think, makes them a strong wild card team as of right now. All right, last piece before we move on to our NBA discussion. For the past several months, it has been a whirlwind of trade rumors coming out of Denver with regards to the futures of former first-round pick Jerry Judy and then productive former second-round pick Cortland Sutton. Head coach Sean Payton addressed those rumors and said, I see and read just like everyone else, but we're not trading those two players. An interesting statement considering there was recently talks of the Cleveland Browns going off to Jerry Judy before eventually getting Elijah Moore. So, believable or buffoonery, neither Jerry Judy nor Cortland Sutton will be traded this offseason. I think it's believable. Um, I know that it's been talks around him getting traded for a while, but we both know that Sean Payton is an offensive guy. And what's better, to me, it won't make sense to have an offensive-minded head coach and getting rid of offensive weapons that we know could be capable players. So I don't think they'll get traded. I'm going to say buffoonery because – I'll say it like this. I'm going to say buffoonery because if somebody comes in and offers Denver a one – for Judy or Sutton, I think they're going to take it. Especially because this is the team that they've made some solid moves in uh, free agency with regards to adding to their offensive line and getting Zach Allen to join their defensive line. But it's clear that this team still has some work to do before they can really contend with the team like the Chiefs or the Chargers. And so because of that, I think if they get offered a one, they would do it. Between the two, I could see Jerry Judy being traded before Cortland Sutton just because I think because he's younger and he's coming off the best year of his young career. I think that that could really appease team, appeal to teams more. But I would not be shocked we roll in around draft time and one of these guys is not on the roster. But all right, let's go ahead and move on to our NBA updates, starting with our Mamba Players of the Week. 
Uh, for me, out of the Western Conference, I got Brandon Ingram. What about you? Um, Western Conference, you said B.I. Yeah. I, have, I honestly got A.D. <sighs> A.D. is so – when he's good, he's amazing. And then there's times when it's like, oh, I forgot you play here. But I feel you on that. Uh, Eastern Mamba of the week, I got Jalen Brown. Yeah, I got J.B. too. All right, and then my rookie Mamba is going to go to Jaden Ivey of the Pistons. Just had, I believe, a career high in scoring, dropping 32 points last night. Um, and it just seems like even though it's been a bit of a slow grind for him this season, he's starting to get it more and more. Uh, I would go Paolo, but I think I'm going to go Jaden also. All right, dope. All right, let's go ahead and look at the current playoff standing. So if the playoffs in started right now, here are the matchups. Um, well, here are the play-in situations. It will be the number seven Miami Heat versus the Atlanta Hawks, the Toronto Raptors versus the Chicago Bulls. Let's start with the play-in first. Between these two games, which one do you think would be more enticing? I'm probably going to say Heat and Hawks. Yeah, me too. All right, looking at the first-round matchups, we got the number three seed Philadelphia 76ers versus the Brooklyn Nets, and then the Cleveland Cavaliers at number the fourth seed versus the New York Knicks at the fifth seed. I think it's probably safe to say that the Cavs and Knicks series would be more competitive, but maybe I'm wrong. No, nah, I think it would. I think, um, I think the only thing that will mess this series up potentially is, like, say if Jalen Brunson gets hurt, True, because I know he's been dealing with kind of a nagging foot injury. I think they do need him on the court, but even still, I could see this going – I could see that series going six, possibly seven games. I think Cavs end up coming out on top, though, if I had to pick. Yeah, me too. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the Western Conference. Here's the current play-in situation. Uh, the Golden State Warriors would face the New Orleans Pelicans, while the Los Angeles Lakers would face the Oklahoma City Thunder. This one is a bit tougher in terms of the more intriguing matchup, but I think I'd go Lakers and Thunder. Yeah, I would too. Um, because the Thunder, they're, they're like a quietly good team, especially when, when Shy is on the court. Um. So yeah, I'll go Lakers Thunder as well. Yeah. All right. Moving on to the Western uh, Conference first round matchups, we would have the Sacramento Kings versus the Minnesota Timberwolves, and then the Phoenix Suns versus the Los Angeles Clippers. I think I'd say Suns and Clippers would be more competitive, but I would also be interested to see the Kings in their first uh, playoff series in what seventeen, eighteen years. Yeah. I still would say Suns and um, Clippers because we might be getting PG back around that time. KD might be back um, around that time. So you can see, like, they will have, like, the most star potential um, out of the series. So at that point. Yeah, you and I are in agreement on that. All right, let's go ahead and talk our top three takeaways of this past week of action. Um, starting off for me at number three, I say Michael Bridges is the best addition that the Brooklyn Nets have made in the past three to four years. Of course, Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons, they were much bigger additions at the time. But if we're talking about actual on-court production and making it happen, I would say Michael Bridges has had the biggest impact. 
clinch his fist because I really wish he would have been in Memphis. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that the Boston Celtics needed a shot in the arm. They they started off this season looking like the clear cut best team in the NBA, and as the season progressed, they've come down to earth. But I think that like once the playoffs get here, like they're gonna have to revamp and look to kind of. Um, resume what they look like in the first half of the season if they want to get anywhere near the finals. Yeah, I agree. It's just like you, I think you mentioned it last week. Like when you start off a season that hot, there's only one way to go, and that's down. And we're kind of seeing them in that down period. Um, all right, my number two is don't look now, but the Grizzlies are up and they want the smoke. Shout out to WrestleMania predictions because right now the Grizzlies have been on a terrific run and it. And I think it really kind of started off when Ja ended up getting suspended. Everybody on the team really started to step up. Now Ja's back into the lineup. They're on a six-game win streak, 9-1 and in the last 10 games. The Grizzlies just look like, like you mentioned, the Boston Celtics eating a shot in the arm. It looks like the Grizzlies have gotten that. And this is the perfect time to do it, especially with the playoffs right around the corner. Yeah, my number two, um, the Milwaukee Bucks look like they're primed in in a clear-cut position to win the Eastern Conference. We know um, earlier to midway through the season, they looked kind of pedestrian. Um, Some of that had to do with injuries. Chris Middleton was coming back from an injury, getting reacclimated to the team. But now, like, you look up, and the Bucs are, like, the dominant team in the East. And then you add in, like, some of the pieces that they've added around Giannis. Like, obviously – you have Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday, but then you look up what acquisition that was made um, of Joe Ingles, and nobody was thinking like, oh, this Joe Ingles, it's okay. But the reality is he's another consistent shooter and somewhat of a def- defender that you can put around Giannis. And, that's, and the way that Giannis attacks the basket and draws attention and just can kick it out to consistent shooter after consistent shooter, that's a dangerous recipe. Um and they're primed to make a deep playoff run. Yeah, I totally agree. They're my favorites out of the East right now. And not to say other teams won't be competitive, but I think I don't see anybody really challenging them for that uh, spot in the finals. All right, and then my number one takeaway, we kind of heard this song a few weeks ago with regards to the Clippers and Russell Westbrook, and I'm saying it now for the Dallas Mavericks and Kyrie Irving. The Mavericks' concerns cannot be put all onto the shoulders of Kyrie. I get it. Everybody, when that trade happened, everybody thought it was going to be such a big boost and Kyrie's going to be a big help for Luka, blah, blah, blah. Just because the situation has not worked out does not mean Kyrie is all of a sudden the reason why the Dallas Mavericks are not winning games. The Mavericks had serious issues before Kyrie got there, and just because he's there, it was not going to mask over their issues. And just because he is there also does not mean he can take the blame for most of them either. I think that this just... This is just kind of another situation of kind of a front office failing and not getting the right pieces around their star player in order to help them to be successful. Because while Kyrie is a big name, and I get it, you and I both mentioned when the trade happened, we didn't necessarily like the fit of them playing together, and we're starting to see that it hasn't been working. Yeah. um, My number one also kind of revolves around the Mavericks. I think that they, they potentially messed up a good thing by trying to go after a big fish. Um, 
they go after Kyrie Irving, yes, I think it's a, it could be a great signing. But I just think that at this point, they needed other pieces. Like, I know that they needed another starter pair with Luka, but they, I feel like because, um, like, you lose, you lost a lot. Like, you lost Dorian Finney-Smith, who was a good piece. Mm-hmm. Um, you lost some of the pieces that you could have used that could help if you were to add, like, a secondary-level star instead of adding a superstar-level star. They could have really prompted you to be, like, a top playoff-caliber team. Um, so, yeah, and the sad thing about it is, is we don't even know if Kyrie's staying in Brooklyn, I mean, in Dallas. He could very well be a Lakers next in this offseason, and that'll all be a missed opportunity. Oh, 100%. Because, I mean, unfortunately, there's toxic fan bases everywhere, and I just feel like in the case of Kyrie, I mean, this is a place where you want to get out of Brooklyn, and so anywhere you were going to go would be an upgrade, but, I mean – as a, since he's going to be a free agent, you have the free reign to go to any team you want. And while it's still kind of up in the area, whether or not the Lakers will fully pursue him because they do have a guy like D'Lo in tow, I mean, that option still feels a lot more glamorous than sticking with the Dallas Mavericks as it stands. And speaking of the Mavericks, that kind of goes into one of the bigger talking points. Uh, right now, they're currently on the outside looking in of the play-in situation. They are currently a half game back of the Oklahoma City Thunder, who are the 10th seed, while they are the 11th seed. And over the past few weeks, it's been a lot of talk from players on the team about just the kind of, I'm trying to think of the right word, the lack of enjoyment of playing. For example, uh, Luka Doncic spoke on how he's, quote unquote, not having fun anymore just a few days ago after their loss to the Charlotte Hornets, 117 to 109. He said, it's really frustrating. You can see it with me on the court sometimes. I don't feel... I don't feel it's me. I'm just going, I'm just being out there. I used to have fun smiling on the court, but it's really frustrating for a lot of reasons, not just basketball. Kyrie Irving, another player never known to bite his tongue, discussed the fans' reactions to the consistent boos of the teams, and he said, so what? You obviously want to play well. It's only five players on the court that can play for the Mavs. If the play, if the fans want to change places, be my guest. Got years of work ahead to be great enough to be on this level. Needless to say, things are not going well in Dallas from across the board. Even if I think they were to make the play-in, I don't think it's like they're going to make a deep playoff run. So let's say you're Dallas looking ahead to the offseason. What are you doing to fix this team? Mm, I think first thing, you have to look to see what do you want to make the commitment to Kyrie. Um, Because in today's NBA, you do need to pair Luka with another star to superstar caliber player um, in order to succeed. And the real reality of it is, is do you want the guy to be Kyrie? Uh, because we know that Kyrie is one of the more polarizing figures in the NBA. Um, that's where I think they should start. And then from there, look to see if they can add pieces similar to what they lost, like defenders and three-point shooters to pair around those guys. 
Yeah. Um, I agree. I think Kyrie is kind of the biggest piece of that because let's be honest, that's where most of your money this offseason is going to be going if you are going to give him a contract and a max extension. If you, like you say, if you do keep him, that's great, but you got also got to find upon pieces that work with him and Luka. And if you don't keep him, well, what are you going to do to help Luka out? Because then you're in the same situation you were in earlier this season where it kind of felt like it was Luka in the Temptations. He really didn't have much help to kind of elevate him, so he was forced to do a bit of everything so it'll be interesting to see what transpires with the Dallas Mavericks as of right now I don't think Kyrie is going to end up staying but I mean stranger things have happened but all right let's go ahead and look at some injury news talking about Kyrie's former teammate Ben Simmons who it came out just a few days ago that uh, ben Simmons has a nerve impingment in his back and will be out indefinitely while the Nets determine the best long-term course of treatment we kind of asked, I asked this question yes, last episode um, with regards to Zion Williamson, and I'm going to ask it now in terms of Ben Simmons. I think it's easy to say that the Nets probably should move on from Ben Simmons because we've talked about how KD, Kyrie, and Harden didn't work, but Ben Simmons has hardly even played for them. And even when he has played, he's been a major afterthought. So with that knowledge in mind, do you think that there even is a trade market for Ben Simmons if Brooklyn decided to go that route? I don't think so at all. Um, for one, the the um the area in which he's injured in, like Zion has had foot, lower body, hamstring, like he's had like nagging injuries. But with Ben Simmons, like this is back. And we've had several um, several instances of, like, players, once they have back issues, they're completely different. Dwight Howard being one of them. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I believe it's Penny Hardaway. Mm-hmm. Uh, T-Mac, if I'm not mistaken. Like, you have a lot of these guys that once they, once they have back issues – they aren't this there aren't really any indications of them going back to being a player that they were. And it's very like very um it's showing of Ben Simmons. Like he's come back, he came back, he was he only showed it for like maybe a game or two, but he hasn't shown signs of being a player that he was when he first got drafted to Philly. And now knowing he has a back issue, that can explain a lot to it. So I don't think he has a trade market. Um I think the best thing I think the best thing to do is to uh to you know for him is to see if you can get if you, if you can get medical treatment but you might have to consider retirement because you aren't the level of player that you used to be and that's going to um severely affect this career yeah, and I think you really hit on the head with regards to, like, past NBA players who have suffered those really serious back injuries and have never been able to kind of get back to the level that they were before. And so I think retirement, I'm sure, probably has crossed his mind. I mean, I'm sure it's hard to pass up the money because, I mean, I'm getting paid millions of dollars to just sit on a bench. I'd have a hard time passing that up, too, and especially because he's so young. I don't even think he's 26 yet. I could be wrong, but I know that Ben is still really, really young. And it sucks for him because since he is so young and you would think that the future is – he still has a bright future ahead and he can do so many different things just outside of basketball. But I'm sure, yeah, he's he's 26. He'll be 27 in July. I'm sure he probably hasn't thought much further 
about what he wants to do with his life outside of basketball. So I could see him possibly missing maybe most of next season, if not all of next season, depending on the severity of the injury after getting treatment or surgery or whatever he needs. And then after that, it would not shock me at all if he, for some reason, he comes back and he's either not the same player that he was or maybe his body really just cannot handle the grind of the NBA season and he winds up retiring. But all right, let's go ahead and move on to a bit more of a positive note. Um, earlier this week, the Miami Heat uh, dedicated a section of their arena to Udonis Haslam. The Miami native uh, has a section in 305 of the arena totally dedicated to him. And Ethan, I don't know if you've seen pictures of it, but it's actually really dope. I saw, um, I saw a glimpse of it. Hold on, so I'll continue to you right now. It's really cool. And so that got me to thinking about under-the-radar NBA veterans who you think should get that same treatment by a team. It doesn't have to be the team that they're currently on. It could be a team that they had a big impact on, even if they weren't exactly quote-unquote superstars or guys that were universally loved. But who is a player that you think could and should get that same treatment from a team? Draymond. I was thinking Draymond. Draymond is one. Um, another one that I think would be kind of deserving of one uh, is Kyle, Kyle Lowry in Toronto. I almost said yeah. DeMar, but I think I would go Kyle Lowry just because, again, Kyle Lowry was one of those guys who, like, he didn't really – he didn't do too much talking. He's not a guy who everybody's like, oh, Kyle Lowry's my favorite player, none of that. But for Toronto, he played a big part in their success even before the ring. Then they Kawhi comes, they win a the championship. I think he kind of helps to – really show what a Toronto Raptor is meant to be. So I think he would be deserving, but Draymond absolutely could should get one too. But all right, let's go ahead and play our game of believable or buffoonery. And we've seen players talk about refs forever, but this might be the year where players are the most outspoken about refs and the mistakes that they make despite them not suffering any repercussions. Um, recently, Trey Young talked about the poor officiating and said refs should be held more accountable with either money, suspensions, etc. just like us. They shouldn't get we missed it passes. There have been quite a few missed it calls by refs, particularly towards the end of games that have resulted in losses and wins for teams. So, believable or before the referee should be subjected to fines and suspensions just like NBA players. I'm going to say believable. I wouldn't necessarily go to rather suspensions, but I probably definitely would say fines. Um, just because it's been some bad refereeing and officiating this NBA season, and somebody has to do something about it. Yeah, I agree with you. I think a suspension Suspension is a bit much, but I think a fine will work. Or kind of in the case of Ben Taylor, a.k.a. the referee who Fred Van Vliet read to filth, and he got demoted. I could see that becoming a thing where referees, once they make too many mistakes or they hit a certain level of costly errors, could wind up getting demoted. Um, probably like do fines leading up to that point and then eventually a demotion. So I think – I don't know if the NBA would actually do it, but I think it would make a lot of sense to go ahead and do that. But all right, let's go ahead and move on to Jalen Brown. We both listed him as our Eastern Mamba of the week. Well, 
there's still a lot of uncertainty surrounding his career, more specifically staying with the Boston Celtics. In a recent interview, he was asked about his future with the team, and he said, I don't know. As long as I'm needed, it's not up to me. We'll see how they feel about me over time, and I feel about them over time. Hopefully, whatever it is makes sense, but I will stay where I'm wanted. I will stay where I'm needed and treated correct. I just enjoy the time that you have now. If it's your whole career, it's your whole career. If it's not, it's not. Some of the greatest players of all time haven't finished their with their organization. Michael Jordan retired hired a wizard things are going to be a bit complicated and expensive for the Boston Celtics for example if both Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown end up being all NBA selections Jason Tatum would be entitled to 300 million while uh, Jalen Brown would be making 287 million if he were given a max extension He's still going to be under contract, I believe, through this upcoming season while entering free agency in 2024. So, believable or buffoonery, Jalen Brown will get a contract extension with the Celtics this summer. I'm going to say buffoonery. Um, I think Jalen Brown, like, I think he would love to be a Celtic, but I also think that he's had some growing issues and concerns with the Celtics. One of them earlier this year, when he when he talked about the whole them mentioning his name and Kevin Durant trade rumors and him calling up um, Brad Stevens and Jason Tatum because he knew that Jason Tatum and KD were friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he talked about playing in Boston and how that's difficult. I think for him, it's one of those things where he's a highly intelligent young man he he knows the the history of Boston from the aspect of racial um racial incidents with opposing players. And so he probably like, hey, I'm gonna play here if they want me to, but if they don't, I'm out. Yeah, I'd agree with you on that. I think especially because like you mentioned, those trade talks, I mean, they start to weigh on you, especially when you're having a good season and they were coming off of a finals trip, and yet you're still going to put me in that conversation. I played a big role in helping us get here, and clearly there's no real loyalty in professional sports. We all know this. If you can get traded to bring in somebody better more times than not, you're going to get traded. And so if you're Jalen Brown, I can understand wanting that security and wanting to know that, A, this team believes in me. They want me to be here. I want to be here, and we move on. Because as of right now, I feel like unless Boston was able to win a ring with Jason uh, Tatum and Jalen Brown as their focal points, I think until that happens, Jalen Brown could be subjected to a trade to get another superstar. So I think I'm going to call buffoonery, too. Um, I like Jalen Brown a lot, and I can see him being a very – I can see him being a really impactful player on a number of different teams. If I'm Boston, I wouldn't let him go, but I could understand how both sides could come to the decision to to wrap it up. But all right, one last piece before we get on to our WrestleMania predictions. Um, So – Damian Lillard has spoken at length about his loyalty to Portland and how he's determined to stay here. 
Blah, blah, blah. We've heard it a million times before. However, that could possibly be in jeopardy with the recent the team's recent struggles and just on the brink of being knocked out of playoff contention. It's been reported that the team is heavily looking into shutting him down for the season. So much so that Shams NBA insider said, you have to wonder if he plays another game for the Blazers. I'm expecting there to be real conversations this see this summer believable or buffoonery day we have seen the last of Damian lillard as a trailblazer i'm saying buffoonery because i don't i won't believe it till i see he tried yeah i'm in total agreement we have heard we have heard this song a million times we've seen this movie oh will the trailblazers trade dame is dame going to get tired of being in portland like like you said until it actually happens i don't think it's going to happen and I'm sure there is a lot of frustration with Dame, especially because the team was, by the midway point, I want to say they were in playoff contention and they were doing pretty well and they just kind of fallen off the face of the earth. So until Dame outright says he wants to be traded, I'm going to believe that he's going to stay in uh, in Portland. But all right, let's go ahead and make our quick game prediction, starting off with tonight's game between the Boston Celtics and the Washington Wizards. I got Celtics. Celtics. Uh, Cleveland Cavaliers versus the Atlanta Hawks. I'm going to go Cavs. Yeah, I'm going to go Cavs. Yeah, Cavs. Miami Heat versus the Toronto Raptors. I got Heat. Uh, I got Heat, too. Orlando Magic versus the Memphis Grizzlies, obviously. I'm, I'm sure we're in agreement. I got Grizzlies. Yeah, a game I'll be in attendance. So, oh, yeah. That sounds so fun. Have have a great time. Uh, Charlotte Hornets versus the Oklahoma City Thunder. I got Thunder. I got Thunder. All right, and then last but not least, we got the New Orleans Pelicans versus the Golden State Warriors, a.k.a. a possible preview of their play-in matchup. I know the Pelicans are on a roll right now, but I got Warriors. <clears throat> My, do you know if it's a home or away game? It's, it's in Golden State. It's in San Fran. I got Golden State. Yeah, because... Home Golden State is a very different team than Road Golden State. And now time for my favorite part of the show. Because it's one of my favorite weeks in all of sports. It's WrestleMania week. And WrestleMania week would not be complete without my embryo, my embryo, and most of all, my embry bro. Hi. How you doing, embryo? A.K.A. Chris Waters. But I never call him that. He knows what it is. Hey, I remember the last time you called me Chris, and it was just amazing that you said it. So it must be a special week. It got to be a special week because she said my real name. But am I'm I going to so call you by that? No, I just said that for people listening to, like, also know you. It's fine. You said it. You said it, though. You said it. It came out your mouth. So I never have to mouth. say it again? No, nah, no, nah, you, you definitely got to say it again. But we're going to go. We're going to deal with that in a later time because we're here for wrestlemania that's what we're here for yes we are which is crazy because it feels like wrestlemania came like that like it felt like it was just the royal rumble and then you blink and now it's time for the showcase of the immortals the granddaddy of them all i'm excited yep. are you ready i'm excited because to be fair since you've been on this this lovely show doing predictions with me you know you don't have a win yet right I do have where well, I was a tie, wasn't it? Yeah, not a win, not a dub. But that could well, change. I guess, time, I guess it's time to get that win, huh? Nah, you can try. Nah, I'm going to get it. It's fine. Well, you want to know who else is going to win? These magnificent wrestlers win? and Rat Face Ronda 
on the card trying to get a win this upcoming weekend. So we don't know exactly which the card for each night. So we're just going to bring all of the matches together. But we do know what match is going to kick everything off. And that is the United States Championship match between Austin Theory and Johnny Boise. Nah. Who you got, Embryo? Uh, I got Austin Theory. I got Theory. They've been giving him a nice little push. And what's the better way? John Cena, you know, he's here, you know, to just give to the fans and um, help younger talent. And I feel like, you know, he's here to give Austin Theory the rub. I I got Austin Theory. I do too. Also, because it just doesn't really make sense to have John Cena win. I like, mean, if John Cena was to win, I feel like he would drop it, like, probably the next night. And I hate when they do that. Yeah. Just, just uh, don't have him win. Do, hey, do you have Austin win clean, or he's going to do something? That's a good question. Um, No, I don't think he's going to win clean. Okay. I don't see him holding it much longer, though. I, I, I don't – I just don't for some odd reason. I don't – either don't ask me who i think is going to take the title off of him but at this present moment i'm with you i also have austin theory now i'm very interested to get your take on this next match we have the men's tag team showcase match where it's going to be braun Strowman and ricochet versus the street profits versus the viking raiders versus alpha academy who you got winning this match we might have the same I don't know. You know, I feel like this is uh when I seen it, I'm like this is gonna be one of the matches that uh throws off who wins or who loses with the predictions. Um that's a tough one. Uh, I don't think it's gonna be Alpha Academy. Even but even though I like what Otis is doing right now. Well that's in, technically that's with the models. That's not technically what Alpha Academy. Yeah, but you can't tell me he's he's probably not gonna come out with him or something. Oh for sure. He has to come out with him. Has to come out with him, but uh, get to the. I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick Braun Strowman and Ricochet. Ew, but okay. And uh, I'm only I'm only picking them because I would think the Street Profits, but at the same time, I feel like they're getting ready to try to build them to do their single careers a little bit. So it's no point in letting them get that win. Mm-hmm. And the Viking Raiders, they're just there at the that. moment. <laughs> I got the Street Profits, but it's interesting you said that about them because I have two theories. Either the Street Profits win or the Street Profits lose and Montez turns on Angelo Dawkins. Especially, like, if they were, they're close to winning. But, you know, I, I want them to have a second career, but I don't want them to break up. I don't. I really don't. I like, them like So together, you want them to kind of do what, hey. like, the New Day are doing? What we're doing? Yes, like, the New Day is perfect. Like, that's a, that's a great example. Yes, the New Day, they do their own separate things, but, I mean, uh, but they still are together. You know, I would love to see that. But I don't think that's going to happen. I, I agree with you. If, uh, if they lose, you know, I feel like this is the best time for him to turn heel and do his single career. And honestly, he might be the one that actually takes it from Boston Theory in the future. But I would love uh, I got Braun Strowman and Ricochet, but I like your pick. Yeah, I like my pick too. Low-key, then it comes down to, do I want to see a heel Montez turn on Angelo Dawkins more than I want them to get the win at Mania? And yeah. it's like, yeah. But also, it just doesn't make much sense for any of these other tag teams to win. Because hey, if he goes heel... You won't see him on uh, screen with Bianca. That's fine. When we don't see them on screen together that often, anyway. 
That's true. That's true. You're right. And plus, I follow that couple's page. I can see them whenever I want. Oh, my God. <laughs> of course you do. Shut up. They're one of two couples, celebrity couples I actually care about. So let me have this. All right. I know. I know the other couple, too. Who? Probably Sierra and Russell Wilson. Yeah, my sister and my brother-in-law. Look at you paying attention. I, I do love pay them. attention. Oh my gosh, you do pay attention to me. Okay, now to a tag team showcase match that's a bit of a two-parter. So we have Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez versus Ratface Rousey and Shayna Baszler. Then we got Natalia and Shotzi versus a TBD tag team. So first, this isn't going to count for a point or anything because I think they're going to answer it on Raw later. By the way, we're recording this at 1.41 p.m. Central Time, so Raw has not come on yet. Who do you think that fourth tag team is going to be? Because I think it's going to be Carmella and Chelsea Green. Oh, I, I got uh, uh, Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. I, no, like I'm that. saying, no, 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 no. I'm not asking who you think it's going to win. I'm asking who do you think that fourth tag team is going to be that's put in the match? Oh, to be determined. Um, That's a good question. Um, I, gotta, I, I barely know the women's tag team division. It's like, mm. I don't know what they're doing with it right now. It's kind of, I know the main, but then they just have other people that's just together. Uh, I'm not sure. I can't answer that question. Uh, I, I can't think of anybody because um, I have no clue. <laughs> I have no clue. I can't give you an answer. Wow. You heard it here live, folks. Embryo does not care about women's wrestling. Um, I did not say that. that whoa, that's completely <laughs> out of context. No, no. You, you said everything that you need to say. We heard you live No, here. no. Wait, wait, wait a minute. You're going to get me canceled before I even get started. You Jeez. already... I think it's clear we both already been canceled prematurely. We already are going to be canceled. So. Why do you keep dragging me with you? You're canceled. I'm not You canceled. are too. How am I canceled? Embryo, do you want me to go along the long list of things you have said live on the air? I don't think I haven't you said anything, to. but no, that, let's not do it. But I haven't said anything. Okay, sure. Crazy how a man would like to police a woman's body in 2023. The patriarch wins again. Um, but I agree with you, unfortunately. I have Rafes Rousey <laughs> and Shayna. I don't think it's another case of like why else would anybody else win? You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I like Liv and Raquel, but they're just kind of together because there's nothing else for them to do. And exactly. Nat- Natalia and Shotzi, same thing. And while I do like Chelsea and Carmella, because you know I love a obnoxious female heel, I yeah. don't think they're gonna win. I wouldn't be mad if they yeah. won, though. But, yeah, I think it's going to be rap based. All right. They, they are definitely perfect together. <laughs> they really are. All right. And so let's talk about a pretty odd couple of a WrestleMania pairing. But it could be interesting. Brock Lesnar versus Almost. Who you got? I feel like Brock is just at the end. Um, uh, I have Brock winning. I don't see Brock showing up to WrestleMania knowing he's losing to almost. Mm-hmm. To be honest, I don't think he even cares for the match. Um, I hope it's good. Uh, uh, scale to one to ten, you know, I, I look might not even be on the scale, but uh, I got Brock. I do too. Now, how much would it gag you if almost retired Brock Lesnar? <laughs> what if this was the mega push that I almost would... needed? You know what? If almost won, I'm like, this is not Brock's last match. <laughs> this is what I but would what say. if it was? What if he was one of the few people who actually said, nah, I'm retired and actually was retired? 
that would be a very disappointing last match because even if almost won, I don't see him going on to win championships and all that. He, the, the, I see almost if they're going to really do the hurt business, I see him mostly just probably being the muscle or he winning the tag team championships again because he was perfect with AJ Styles. But uh, yeah, that's it. That, it would be shocking. I would be very shocked, and I would live the rest of my days saying, you know, Brock coming back for one more, right? That's fair. No. Would that make him the new quote unquote face of the hurt business? Is he the most intimidating factor? I feel like um, even if he lost, he would still he would still be in that role. I feel Over like he would Bobby? be the enforcer. He would be the he would be the muscle. I feel like Bobby would be running everything. Like Bobby would send him out to do what he got to do, and if he doesn't handle it, that's when Bobby shows up. Okay. In my personal, so opinion. in other that's words, almost handles Bobby's lightweight. Yeah, kind of like Solo does for Roman. Got you. Got you. I, I do love me a solo Sokoa. That, that's my. Favorite. I like solo too. Yeah, I like him too. Oh, he's going against Cody Rhodes tonight. Yes, yes, he is. It's going to be a good match, especially if they actually let them have a match. Exactly. All right, let's go ahead and move on. Also, I have Brock as well. All right, now moving on to another match of unlikely pairings, but Loki, I think this is going to mess around and be one of the best matches on the card. Seth Rollins versus Logan Paul. Yes, uh, I'm excited for this match. I feel like, man, that, that match is probably still the show. I'm not going to lie to you. It's something about Logan. He just knows what he knows what to do. I just, it's, it's no, like After that match with Roman, I'm just like, yeah. No, Logan legit. can actually wrestle. He can. People just don't like him. <laughs> but it's good now because he's like in that heelish way. Like, that's perfect for him because people are going to boo him anyway. So... And I feel like he likes it. Like, I feel like he likes it. He's used to being hated, like, on social media and all that. It's more fun to be a heel anyway. Who wants to be a face? It is. It, it, I feel like it is. So, but, who um, you got I, I'm, I'm honestly... Uh, this is going to make me lose predictions. I'm going to say Steph Rollins, because he deserves to win on WrestleMania again. Why would that I don't remember last time he won on WrestleMania. He lost... Against Cody Rhodes, mm-hmm. then the year before that, did he lose against Kevin Owens? If I'm correct, he yeah he lost the uh, Thunderdome uh, WrestleMania match. Yeah yeah yeah, I remember that. The last time he won on WrestleMania, no, that's not the last time he won. I think the last time he won was against Brock Lesnar for the Universal Championship. It was the first match. Dang, that was he forever and three days win. ago. Because that mania sucked. If sold. I'm correct, it, it was either it was either that match or the one where he won the Intercontinental Championship against uh, Finn Balor and. The Miz, which that was a great match. That was but, uh, so thirty-five was when he um was when he opened up against Brock. Thirty-four was that uh fatal four-way for the title because I think that was what Rusev, Finn, Seth, and Miz. No, it was just Finn, Miz, and Seth. yes, it yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking about a different match, but you were thinking about the United States. Yes, yes, I, I was. Look, oh my gosh, you're so smart. <laughs> but yeah, I also have Seth winning too. I mean, Logan Paul he deserves it. Yeah, and also Logan Paul doesn't come to WWE to win matches. Like, yeah, how many matches has he actually won? He's he, he won with the Miz tag team, and then Miz turned on him. Then he beat the Miz. Then he lost against Roman. So he has two wins and one loss. But he lost to somebody uh, else too. Nah, he lost to Roman. He beat Miz. Then he beat um, the Mysterios with the Miz. That's it. Uh, has he had another match? I feel like he's lost to somebody else, man. We, go, you know what? There is. We're gonna play. I'm a game just the Royal Rumble. Let me think in the Royal Rumble. No, no, I'm not crazy. Huh? 
There's a record two wins. He hasn't had that many matches. Huh? Why does it feel like it's been more matches? Maybe because you know he got injured for a while after that Roman match, so he was like gone. But he wasn't even gone that long because he came back at Rumble. Yeah. That's weird. Whatever. Time is a that construct. Is weird. I, I, I pick Seth. I feel like WWE is probably going to go towards him, but I'm picking Seth. That's my pick, and I'm sticking with it because he deserves it. I just don't think it makes sense to have Logan beat Seth because it's not like Logan's going to stick around for a while. He's going to be gone again for the next few months, whereas Seth is still going to be here. And I'm still banging the drum, knocking the wood, that we get the split titles again. And so maybe he could vie for one of those. And when the WrestleMania match Logan. will help you. He deserves it. Even when he won the United States, he held it for like, what, a month? Which, yeah. for story-wise, it was the right call, you know, for Austin. But he deserves a nice reign. He, he, he deserves it. Agreed. Okay. Let's get to the fun one. Probably the best. No, I lied. Top three build for a match. Dominic Mysterio versus Rey Mysterio. Ooh. And Embryo, I don't know. I'm sure you've watched when Rey finally hit Dominic. I did. I will say this. Dominic was holding that shut up mom since he was a child. I think everybody who listened to it at one point just felt that brother. Because at time we love our mothers, you know, and if you, you know, all that. But there has been a time when your mom has pissed you off. But, of course, you couldn't say nothing. Dom was all of us in that moment. Yep, he was. He, he he didn't let her get a word out. He snatched that mic so fast. He it was a snatch for, for me. Longest. I was like, oh, okay. I thought he was going to cuss her out. I thought he was going to say more. I thought he was going to tell her to shut the hell up. If he would have. He probably wanted to. but He, like, he knew better. <laughs> no, nah, mom would have slapped the shit me. out of him. Forget Ray. <laughs> mom was going <laughs> to handle that. Do you think the sister was jealous he had a, he had a chance to say that? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Because, you know, teenage girls. Oh, my gosh. Is she a teenager? Is she grown? No, but I'm saying, like, when she was a teenager, I'm sure she's had moments when, like, her and her mom go at it. Okay, okay, with all that greatness being said, I think Dom wins. Yeah, I think Dom wins also. I feel like Ray, um, I don't know if he's about to fully retire. I don't know how much time he got left on his contract, but I know he's out the door pretty much. And, of course, he wants to help his son, um, you know, for his career. And what a better way to do it. You know, this is probably the match he wanted the most when he came back to have a match with his son so on the biggest stage too so hey uh, I got Dom and I feel like Ray's gonna let him you know have it yeah and I mean also let's not forget Dom went to prison he saw some stuff in the pen he did he, he gonna did. bring that stuff into the rain stuff his daddy ain't never seen before never never seen and gonna beat him with the 619 oh gonna beat him with the 619 I think so I think he's gonna try to beat him with the frog splash. It don't work. Then he gotta he gotta do that thing to him. He gotta hit him with his own. But don't, but don't they do the frog splash like after the six one nine? Like they hit him then climb on the rope and do the frog splash. There's a a splash that Ray used to do on top of the top, not on the top rope, but like yeah. After he did the six one nine, he gets up on the uh the side uh, yeah. of the ring and did that. Yeah, I know. Yep. Now, that would be a good retirement match for Ray if he wants to retire. You know, you wrestled your son. I think that would be a great way to go out. All right. Next up, the Intercontinental Championship match. We have Gunther defending his titles against Drew McIntyre and Sheamus. Uh, this was hard. This was probably one of the harder ones to do. This is hard. Uh, at first, I was going to do Drew. 
because Drew deserves a title as well. But um, I'm going to go with Shayna's only because, if I'm correct, this is the only belt he hasn't won yet to become a, um, what is it, Grand Slam? That's mm-hmm. what they call it. Uh, so I think w- w- what a better way to, like, he he deserves to be good for that championship and um, do it on the biggest stage. And then after that, maybe you can push Gunther to go after the titles or whatever, and then you can have a Drew versus um, Sheamus feud for the belt, which you would know that's going to be good anyway. So I got Sheamus. I got Gunther. I think at some point I could absolutely see Drew being Intercontinental Champion. I could also at some point see Sheamus being champion. But I think right now, if it was just a one-on-one match, I'd probably go against Gunther. But I feel like Drew and Sheamus are going to end up canceling each other out. And then the reign general will continue his reign. How much longer, I'm not totally sure. But I feel like as of right now, he's the most controversial opinion. He is the strongest champion outside of the bloodline in the WWE. I'm not going to disagree with that. That's actually a pretty good take. I didn't think about that. But I also think if you give the belt to Sheamus, uh... Depending on what happens with the titles, I know they want to split it sooner or later. Let's say for the second conversation, Cody wins. If they split the titles, I see Cody going to Raw. And then you have to get a universal champion. That's when you can put Gunther up on that pedestal to go for the title. So, you know, it just depends how things play out, I guess. You know, it depends how everything plays out. But I like your take. If Gunther was to win, I wouldn't be mad. He has been a strong champion. You're right about that. And um, I actually, I, I like him and his little people, uh, his people, his um, group. Imperium. So, yeah, I mean, that's a good take. I'm still going with Sheamus, though. He deserves to win it on a big stage. This is one of those matches where I don't care who wins. I'm just ready for a good oh, match. Oh, who, whoever wins is going to be a good intercontinental champion. But, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with Sheamus. But Drew deserves something sooner or later. I mean, if they just want to put in big, sweaty men, they could just do Bobby in the match. Why not? Be a four-way? Yeah. You know, get some color into the equation. That would be a crazy match. It hurt. It would hurt. Yeah, it would hurt. It hurt more. I'm like, Bobby's not going to win. You want to know something else that hurts me? Uh-oh. I'm going to get canceled for this. Watching Lita in the ring again. But we don't have a choice. It's Becky Lynch, Trish Stratus, and Lita. Why are you dragging me with you? Like, why? <laughs> I'm not a Lita fan. I've never been a Lita fan. And I just, oh, Lita, okay, yeah, she was fine. But Lita now? I could do without. But we got to watch her, you know? And it's going to be her, Trish, and Becky versus Damage Control. I think this is an easy one to pick, but who do you got? Damage Control, I'm just playing. Um, I'm choosing Becky. Um, I'm choosing Becky's side. Um, I wish Damage Control could win because I feel like they just... They, they dropped the ball on Damage Control. They could have been a real big stable in the women's division but they messed up Bailey a little bit in my opinion but uh, but they have been getting some wins against Becky which has been helping them but I got Becky uh, I got Becky side yeah same here I mean if they don't win I would legitimately be shocked Um, yeah and also I, I feel you on damage control I'll say this this match makes a lot of sense because it again brings legitimacy to damage control but I feel you. Like I'm not saying Bailey should be champion right now, but I think the group overall will be stronger. She was Raw Women's Champion. Yeah, 
it, uh, it, they dropped the ball whenever they had them win the tag team championships and women's tag team championships. Yeah, they didn't do nothing with it. Then Bailey was feuding with um um oh my gosh, Bianca, uh, Bianca. Or Becky. Thank you. Uh, um wow. Bianca. Okay. No, Bianca. Uh, Becky. Bailey was feuding with Bianca. Oh okay. my gosh. I got it finally. <laughs> um. I didn't really want her to beat Bianca, but I thought she would because Damage, Damage Control had the belts. You know, I thought she was going to have all of them with the belts. That would have made them way more legitimate. So they dropped the ball on having Bailey lose and lose and lose. But you're supposed to be in charge of these yeah. other two ladies. But they're champions, you know what I mean? So why do they even got to listen to you? So they dropped the ball on it. I hope they do a better build with them after Mania. But, uh, yeah, uh, Becky's about to get her win because they've been beating the crap out of Becky for a while. It's been it's hard to follow a loser, and that's what Becky has been. I mean, Bailey has been. Which, <laughs> in that retrospect, Loki, it would make sense for Damage Control to win, so they could get this really big win and kind of like push them back into some momentum. But I don't think you bring back Trisha and Lita for them both to lose. Maybe I Lita, agree, but not Trisha. I, I I agree with you, but I also think Trish and Lita probably won't care if they lost. You know, they just getting in nice WrestleMania check. Like I said, Trish, Trish ain't losing. I'll say this: I don't think Trish <laughs> would lose. It's it's one thing if it was like Becky and Trish, or if it was just Becky and Lita. But both of them losing, I don't know. Yeah, I see where you're coming from. I don't think they care about the business that much. But all right, let's go ahead. Hell in a Cell match. We have Edge versus, I'm assuming, to be Demon Finn Balor. Who you got? Uh, I, got the, I got the Demon Finn Balor. I feel like that's going to be a good match. Um, is I feel like Edge is about to retire soon, you know, and uh, he's trying to key. Oh, when key, I said that, uh, oh, why you think that? Well, no, you said it because you thought it was going to be his last match in Canada, and I just knew he was going to go to WrestleMania. So, like, this is not going to be his last no, match. No, 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 no. I didn't I say that, that was going to be his last match. I said he said he wanted to retire in Canada. So, I thought it was heading towards the end. Okay. So Either I, way, I, I was right. Whatever. So, I got uh, the Demon Fan Balor winning because he's the demon fan battler you can't have him lose uh, I hate that he lost against Roman that time um, I was there for that it was a weird match <laughs> it, was a, it was a good match until the end you know the, it was to the end It was it, that's, that's what made it crazy but um, I got a fan and I just always think it's funny because Edge made that group and now he can't beat him you know so been, he did a good job <laughs> but I got a fan yeah, I have Finn too. I don't know if you watched Edge's promo from last Raw when he was like, the devil wants to meet the demon. And I was like, yeah. this is a great promo, but I felt like like he was trying to summon Beelzebub. I was like, "Some the Christian in me does not feel comfortable watching this. But I feel like the match is going to be great. But for the love of God, please do not have a red uh, cell. Please don't. I feel like they're gonna have a red cell. Did they stop doing a red cell? I, w- I don't remember. I hope they did. I don't think it's necessary. I don't mind the red cell. I just, I just didn't like the red lights. Oh, my gosh. Things. The red lighting was horrible. It was horrible. It was. I don't mind the red cage, though. Like it. it feels very gimmicky. Come on. I, I, I can see that. I can see that. Come on, Trips. You in power now. You can do what you want. 
Bring back the big gold belt or the wing belt, something. All right, let's go ahead and talk about some more women that Embryo does not care about. Starting wow. with the Raw whoa, Women's Champions. Wait a minute, I care about women. I really do. Stop that. Okay, whatever. We have the Raw Women's Championship match where my girl, the EST of WWE, is defending her title against Asuka, who still scares the crap out of me. <laughs> I'll protect you. Don't worry about it. No, I got Oscar. Knock you out. What am I gonna do? Run. You just run. <laughs> while, I'm, while I'm holding off, you run to begin yeah, with. Yeah, I'm, that's all I can do. I, I just won't be there. <laughs> I wouldn't put myself you, in that situation personally. When you leave the room, I'll be like, okay, you can chill now. We good. The kid has left. But um, I got Oscar taking the win. Uh, oh. I can easily see Bianca. But I just, I'm a big Oscar fan, you know what I mean? So I'm going to go for my girl Oscar. She deserves it. Um, but I kind of already know what your pick is going to be, and I understand why, and I can see that. But I'm choosing Oscar. That's my pick. I'm happy you said that because that will help. This will definitely, we should definitely have a winner. Yeah, I'm going Bianca. And it's not even just the typical, like, Bianca's my girl. Like, I had a conversation with somebody about this last night. The only person I could feasibly see taking the title off of Bianca was Rhea Ripley. And yeah. so now Rhea's not facing her, and it's Asuka, and no disrespect to Asuka. Asuka is awesome, and Asuka is great. But WWE has not known how to book her since she left NXT. She's been, she has not had any good title reigns, which is not her fault, but it's just like, okay, what do you do? I don't see Asuka holding the title for a crazy long time. Maybe if you want to have Asuka hold it to get Bailey to win or maybe Becky or something. But in terms of it, I just, I think right now Raw needs Bianca as champion. I agree with you, but Triple H was over to NXT and now he's here, so he knows how to book her. And honestly, if she, I have her winning, so not if, I have her winning. When she wins, I don't see her holding the belt long. I feel like it'll just be a good, feud for Bianca because she's well like what was the last great feud she had which I agree with you I thought it was going to be Rhea Ripley but she went towards Charlotte fine but I feel like when the last time Bianca had a really good feud honestly uh, uh, Becky probably Becky yeah Becky last year and she deserves a good feud and I feel like if Oscar wins it all for her okay this this gives they like this makes her become the, the baby face just pursuing the title to get it back which it worked for Drew when he did it when Randy Orton beat him and he came back and won it. Uh, um, I feel like that's what's going to happen. I don't see Oscar Hone it long. I see it helping Bianca because Rod needs Bianca, you know, and as a champion it would be good, but you also, there's nothing better than a babyface trying to get the championship. That is a lie. And then Oscar. That is a lie. There are many things better than that. Well, well yeah, yeah, whatever. That. But uh, it's still good. And I feel like if she wins, they give Bianca something fresh to do, try to get the championship again, which I think she will. And they'll just have a nice little feud going on between them two because they're going to put on a good match. Yeah, oh, for sure. Oscar, Oscar could put on a great match, and Bianca can too, given, you know, yeah. a good opponent. <laughs> Not Bailey. All right, let's go ahead and talk the SmackDown Women's Championship. We have the Queen my queen, your queen, our queen, Charlotte Flair defending her title against Rhea Ripley. Yeah, yeah. It better be Rhea that wins. If Rhea loses, I'm going to be, I'm going to be mad because she deserves to win. They messed up her first reign as a champion. I think she lost, yeah, she lost to Charlotte. But she it lost was such a good match. 
It was, but she should have not had lost to Charlotte. That was a way to build a star. She's a star, but you want to build her up. And what's the best way to build her? Help her beat the queen. You know what I mean? So I have Rhea Ripley winning. Uh, if she don't win, I will be disappointed. I have. I made a rule like five years ago. Never to pick against Charlotte at a pay-per-view. And for the first time in I don't know how long, I'm picking against Charlotte. Rhea should 100% win this match. I think that right now, Mommy, a.k.a. Uh, Rhea, a.k.a. This is my brutality, which I have to admit, her new theme, it had to grow on me, but now I, I really like it. But I think... She's the hottest female wrestler right now, period. Like, I don't care about the promotion. I don't care about the brand. Rhea is the hottest thing right now. And it was great having Charlotte back, but I think that it's time for Rhea to take her place as the champion. And, again, I'm still salty that we're not getting her versus Bianca, but even still, I think that, like you said, this is a chance for WWE kind of write that quote-unquote wrong of having her lose to Charlotte a few years ago let them put on an absolute banger as they usually do and then Rhea comes out on top and she kind of starts this new era of of wrestling where it's her and Bianca that knew the next generation running the company so a question with this um which you Right, she was the hottest thing out. Like even when she wasn't even wrestling at the time with Judgment Day, she was like the most important member. Like everybody was just watching her. But um, does she go to SmackDown and leave Judgment yeah. Day when she wins the title? No, I don't think she leaves Judgment Day. I think they'll probably kind of do what they're doing now, where they just kind of like show up on both shows. Well, you're right. Yeah, well, I said Rhea will stay on <laughs> SmackDown, but I think the fellas, like I could see Dom coming to SmackDown. Like yeah, especially time if, in the like April, Ray's still also. around. Yeah. If Ray is still around for a little bit longer, he can be messing with Ray. Yeah. Hey, there goes the tag team match. Ray Mysterio and Charlotte versus Real and Dom. <laughs> Boom, there we go. Or, like Charlotte said, she can get her real Latino man. Oh, that would back be interesting right there. Oh, that would be interesting. But is, is, you know, he's still signed with uh, yeah, AEW. Who cares right? about AEW? He doesn't wrestle. I know that. Exactly. Uh, so just come back WWE. Get booked properly again. Under Triple H, I ain't gonna lie to you. I like Zelina Vega and um, Legado del Fantasma. I liked her more with Andrade. Oh yeah, Andrade was a real good. uh, I I I personally, I liked him as a wrestler. Oh, I loved Andrade. So yeah, let's make that happen. I mean. Boom, there we go. Oh, no, that's it's too tough. It's too tough right now to get him in. Like, I know AEW lets people wrestle other places, but they're not letting him wrestle in WWE. I'm saying, like, once his contract come out or you can buy him I don't out. know when it's over. Like, I don't know when it's over, so who knows when it'll be. Who knows? Who cares? Either way, he's going to come back to WWE at some point. They, they, they married, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he coming back. He coming back. All right, let's go ahead and move on. Two, now, we getting into storytelling. I don't think, and I, 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 I'd like to think you would agree with me, there has been no better story told than the one for the undisputed WWE Tag Team Championships where the Usos defend their titles against Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Yeah, this has just been a huge story. And like going on back two years now, you know, this story really all started 
when Roman beat the crap out of Jay and still submitting, and it's just been going on ever since. And it's just it's just everything from the beginning all the way to now. It's just been a great storytelling. You're right. So, where are you going? Who you got? I'm going with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. They they deserve this. I think this is the show the bloodline breaks down and I feel like it's going to be because of Jay. I feel like Jay is going to, he, deep down, he, inside, he, he doesn't hate Sammy. And I feel like, you know, he knows Roman is just manipulating everybody, but he's going to try to protect his brother, Jimmy, and that's, somehow he's going to mess up, and Kevin Owens and Sammy, they're going to get him. And I, I got Kevin Owens, Kevin Owens and Sammy Zayn. Yes, we're in agreement. I also have Sammy and KO. And honestly, it's I'm not even going like a whole like soliloquy about this because I'm gonna save it for this next match, right? Yeah. So I have the Usos losing. Fast forward, we have the undisputed WWE Championship match, which I think is main eventing night two between Roman and Cody. I've been a good host. I'll let you make the picks first. I'm gonna pick my I'm gonna pick mine first because I have a little little extra. Okay. So for the first time since. WrestleMania two, three years ago when it was a triple threat match again between Edge, Daniel, and Roman. Yep. I'm yep. going against the Tribal Chief. I'm sorry. But oh, you what? You let me, what? I let me let me finish. Let me finish. So the Usos lose. And Roman puts his foot so far up they behind. <laughs> You can see the color of his shoelaces, right? <laughs> and Jimmy like, damn, man, we going to make it up to you, Oos. We going to get the titles back, Oos. And Jay like, screw this. I don't got to deal with this. Fast forward to the undisputed WWE Championship match, Roman versus Cody. It's a little break in the action. The ref goes down for whatever reason. Obviously, Roman's like, come on, Oos. Get in here. Beat his ass. Jimmy come, Solo come, Jay, he don't do nothing. And then Roman's like, what are you doing? You got to help. And guess what happens? Come on, guess what happens? Either super kick or he's finally going to hit him in the back with that chair. I'm not going to do the chair because, I mean, we've seen that before. It's not as fun. But it's going to be the super kick of the lifetime on Roman Reigns. <laughs> and so Solo and Jimmy are like, bro, what are you doing? What are you doing? But it is enough for Cody Rhodes to get the edge, hit the crossroads on Roman. Cody Rhodes wins. However, that is the way Roman loses. Please, Tribal Chief, understand, I don't think you lose this match clean. I have much more, more respect for you than that. But I think Cody Rhodes wins. You know what? I like everything you just said, and I can definitely see it happening. I also pick Cody Rhodes, by the way. Well, you know, you know, would it be a little extra spicy? I like spicy. What's after, up? <laughs> after Jay does the super kick, maybe before Roman goes into the crossroads, he sees Jay, Jimmy, and Solo walk away from him. And, and Jay is in the middle walking away. Like, we all decide to leave you alone. We're done with you. And then whenever Roman comes back, there's your feud with him and Jay. I would hate that, though. Like, because I'm not ready for the bloodline to leave. Please don't get it twisted. I love the bloodline. They're one of my favorite things that's been in wrestling in the past decade. So I, I'd rather, like, kind of disintegrate piece by piece. 
You know what I'm saying? Okay. As opposed okay. to like everybody's just leaving. Because the Usos going to be the Usos. I don't think there's ever yep. going to be time that they actually split them up. I, don't, I just don't think. I agree. I agree with you. I'm excited to see what Solo does, but I think Solo's going to be like the last domino to fall. He's going to keep putting up with Roman stuff too. Like, I don't need this. Well, I just feel like when Roman loses, he's not going to show back up for a while. So he's going to disappear. And I guess regardless of what, whatever I, whatever my scenario was and yours, I feel like whenever he comes back, his feud is going to be with Jay. It has to be. And I personally feel like whenever that happens, Jay needs to win. Yeah. I need them to split up the belts first and foremost, though. Yeah, they're definitely. Uh, I feel like Cody, when he wins, he's going to split up the belts. I don't see them having him lose. He's probably just going to come out and do a great promo, be like, both brands deserve a yeah. champion is going to be there every night, blah, 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 well, blah. Make list. it sound good. And I feel like he's going to stay on Raw yeah. because he has unfinished business with Seth. Well, Seth has unfinished business with him. Yeah. And that could be your feud. Um, I don't think that, I don't want that to be the feud because Seth will lose and I want Seth to be a champion sooner or later. But then you just have the Universal Championship on Fridays waiting for a champion to come. And who would be who would be the next champion? I don't know. I say it could probably be Gunther. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I honestly don't know who would be the next champion. I would love for it to be Jay, but I know it's not going to be Jay. No, but then that begs the question, do you split up the tag titles too? I think so. I think it's about uh, I think, time. I think you're going to split up both. It's about time. Um, the, the, the thing about the tag titles, what I will say, I would give props to the Usos was on every show. Yes. So it's like you saw the champions on every single show with the tag titles, which made it awesome. Um, and I can see Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn doing the same thing, but I feel like that's the goal to split up the titles, um, to go ahead and, you know, just have the titles split up so every show can have their champions. Yeah. We are in agreement, mi amigo. All right, so let's talk a tiebreaker. I don't know if we're going to need one, but honestly, I don't feel like counting the differences in our matches. So let's go ahead and put together a tiebreaker. And this bad boy is worth two points. Who takes the loss in the tag team showcase matches? So just as a friendly reminder, uh, it's the men's is Braun Strowman and Ricochet, Street Profits, Viking Raiders, and Alpha Academy. And the women's is Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez, Ratface Rousey and Shayna Baszler, and then Natalia and Shotzi, as well as a to-be-determined team. So if you get both of these, you get two free points. And you know what? I'll, I'll even make it a bit spicier. If you want to, you could get another point if you successfully guess the tag team member who takes the pin submission, whatever. All right, so for the women, I'm going to say Natalia group, and Natalia is going to be one that gets picked. She's as always the safest choice to pick, um, especially since you don't know the other's team. See, that was the see, case until see. what? What's it called? Um, elimination Chamber. She was like the third one, and we both picked her. Yeah, we both, but, I mean, I don't see Liv and uh, Raquel. I, I, have, I don't either. I have Shayna and Ronda winning. I, uh, even if it is um, – I forgot their names. The other group is um, Carmella and um, um, what's the other girl name? That's under speculation, but Chelsea Green and Carmella. I'm just saying, even if it was them, I don't, I don't know. Just Natalia and um, Natalia and uh, why am I forgetting people's names right now? Um, I see Natalia getting picked. 
I'll just put it that way. Uh, I see her getting pinned. She probably gets a sharpshooter in. Something happens. She either taps or get pinned. Um, for the guys, I would like to say the Alpha Academy. But at the same time, I'm just thinking about what you said. Like, I feel like if they're going to turn Montez, that's if they wanted to, one of them would have to get pinned. But I'm going to go with the Alpha Academy is going to get pinned, and it's going to be the um, Chad Gable. Maybe the models will be doing something weird with Otis, and he'll get distracted, and he'll get pinned. So Chad Gable is going to get pinned. Okay. Uh, we're in agreement about Alpha Academy. And okay. then for women, I'm going to go with Carmella and Chelsea Green. Just okay. And I think Chelsea Green takes the pin because she's been like the mad obnoxious one who's been very good I, TV. But I don't think she's won a match yet. And I think that kind of sticking with that, her pissing off Rat Face or Shayna and they make her tap out. And then, like, yeah. she, you know, goes to the manager, quote-unquote, and that, like, leads to a whole other thing. So, those are I my can see that. Oh, my gosh. Hey, that's, hey, that's a real good pick, Ray. You might just go on that one. That's a great pick. Oh, my gosh. Look at you giving me compliments. Unless they're not the team that gets put in, then you automatically lost. <laughs> <laughs> that's not true, though, because, well, I have, wouldn't have automatically lost because I didn't pick them to win. This is just a tiebreaker. So, well, yeah. But, but what if I win that uh that person that gets pinned? Well, we'll just have to see. Because if Bianca beats <laughs> Oscar, I think, is that the only one we disagreed on? We disagreed no, we on, disagreed we disagreed on, on, on a few. We disagreed on no, Bianca I versus Oscar. You picked Gunther. You picked Gunther. Yeah, the I Intercontinental picked, uh, and then the Sheamus. Men's Tag Team Showcase. So Who did you pick for the Men's Tag Team Showcase? You said what? Who did you pick? The prophets of the streets. Okay, okay. The prophets of the streets. Okay, wow. All right. Okay. Yeah, so so yeah, it's gonna this is gonna be a spicy WrestleMania. It can go either way. I'm scared for my picks because definitely I could definitely see Bianca winning. But I'm choosing my girl Oscar. Mm -hmm. Like your picks I could definitely see happening. It's it's scary. The thing is, this isn't like a WrestleMania where it's like, oh, I know exactly who's going to win every match. I can see somebody's being like, what? Really? That's wild and crazy. Yeah, like, hey, it's going to be the first match John Cena's going to win. I'm like, we're, we're both 0 for 1. <laughs> no, for real. But that's what makes this fun. Yeah. All right. But that is our show. Thank you guys so much for listening. Of course, Embryo, thank you so much for joining. It's always a pleasure getting to talk to you, especially because, again, this is WrestleMania week, baby! It's such yeah. a fun time and even if none of our picks win at least we're going to see some hilarious. good matches yep we'll see some real good matches everything every match just ends in a DQ or a count out double count out <laughs> worst WrestleMania ever <laughs> oh my gosh and that's saying because like, there's been some not going to walk in yeah give me my seat back give me my seat yeah give me my money please because you know them tickets in LA are mad expensive but no, that's true but that is our show again. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, football fans, be sure to check out the export.net. I repeat the export.net for exclusive sports content written by yours truly and fellow export writers. Previous episodes of our lovely podcast and our YouTube channel entitled The Export. Like I was saying, football fans, check out that mock draft. I should have another one out in the next couple of weeks. It's been a whole bunch of hullabaloo and shenanigans and craziness. Just since I dropped that last mock. So be on the lookout for that. Um, Embryo, anything you'd like to say or promote before we get out of here? 
Uh, just want to wish everybody to be safe. You know, everybody be safe and enjoy your day. And we'll see, we, I'll see you next time. Oh, that sounds boring. Hey, hey, look, hey. I just want everybody to be happy, okay? <laughs> I mean, there ain't nothing wrong with everybody being happy. Okay, you know what? This basketball fan that you are, who you got winning March Madness? Because I'm not going to lie to you. For the men's, I have no idea. But I'm running with South Carolina for the women's. You know what? You know, I'm not into uh, college basketball. I don't blame you. I'm not much one either. I, I like women's college it. basketball more than I like men's. Hey, I'm going to tell you this real quick. I don't know who. I, I, I was watching the Ma- Ma- uh, March Madness with the women. Mm-hmm. I was at work in the break room to get some water, and I was in there for like 10 minutes. Them girls was balling. Couldn't tell you what teams it was, but they was balling on the court. I'm they like, look they good. They, they look They were making their shots. They was making eight shots if it wasn't three pointers. They was missing them threes. I ain't gonna lie to you. Mm-hmm. But man, Just like Memphis in that game they we went to. You said what? Just like that Memphis game we went to. Facts. <laughs> All right. Well, Facts. Happy to see that the women you don't care about entertained you at least for a little bit. Thank you oh, guys wow. so much for wow. listening. <laughs> and we will see you all next time.